0: What you're about to listen to is a BriFi production. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the BriFi podcast. I'm your host, BriFi, your comics guy, and we got another just another podcast. Just another week, guys. <laughs> Nothing crazy, nothing special, nothing new But maybe, maybe for you it is, who knows It's a new week for you, it could be your first time listening to the show I hope not, because, my god (laughs) No, 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 I'm happy to have you guys here And if you're a a frequent flyer of the BriFi podcast Welcome back! Uh, Today we're going to talk about a new game for the Nintendo Switch that I got to play And I'm actually pretty damn excited for it and, and was really happy to play on the switch so we'll talk about that there is a bit of nifty nerd news uh, some important stuff that we need to talk about so that's it for the intro guys let's get on to the show all right guys so in the nifty nerd news section of the podcast today some big news coming out of hollywood the sag which is the Screen Actors Guild Union, has joined the writers' strike uh, in striking. In fact, it it happened so suddenly and so, I mean, not like, oh, this happened out of nowhere, but it has happened so suddenly that uh, actors for Oppenheimer left their premiere in the middle of the premiere due to these strikes, man. So this is actually really interesting. Um, because i mean there's a writer strike and a an actor strike every so often but i don't know what it is about this one but this one just seems a lot more heated a lot more interesting and just it feels like there's a lot a lot more stakes man um i, I and maybe it's just cuz now i'm a little more intrigued into it than i have been in the past because maybe i didn't quite understand what this meant uh but what's also been interesting to me is like some ceos and producers from studios have spoken out against this strike hell one of the most prominent ones uh what's his name bob Iger, or eager igor from uh disney has like kind and said like like he's a uh, he's like full-on against it he's like they're gonna go broke like they're gonna lose their homes and their family and that's what it's coming to and shame on them but like also shame on you bob for not paying your people in fact it's like it's been known that studios treat visual effects artists horribly and they're not even striking right now they should be they need to join i don't even know if they're unionized but they should be joining the writers and the screen actors guild and for better wages better um a work environment and stuff like that like this this is the perfect time you jump on this because there's no writers there's I say no actors but so actors that aren't part of the screen actors guild are still allowed to uh do acting things but without the writers you know it it, it, it's a little more difficult I would say so I don't know, man. Like I, I'm definitely keeping my ears to the ground on this one and trying to see how it uh, pans out, and just to see like what happens because this this is interesting to me. I, I don't know what what has changed in my mind. Maybe I'm just like, yeah, fuck the man. But uh, I can't wait to see how this all pans out. Uh, other things that are going on since we brought up Disney, uh, they have also said. They think they flooded the market too much with Marvel and Star Wars and want to kind of pull back on it. That's uh, some news reports that have come out, and I think an interview with Bob Iger, along with asking him his thoughts on the Screen Actors Guild, they asked him about, uh, you know, flood like, do we have the superhero fatigue and the Star Wars fatigue of it all? And he kind of believes so. And so he wants to pull back, which, I mean... This is, like, one of the few things I don't necessarily disagree with, you know? Uh, I think what made the Marvel movies special and kept us so engaged was, one, they were very new, but there wasn't, like, eight of them coming out a year, you know? Well, I, I exaggerate that number, but, you know, there wasn't a shit ton coming out. So maybe there is a point to that. Maybe there is, like, and now I'm starting to feel it, you know? I think... I've kind of started to feel the fatigue of not just like superheroes and stuff like that, but just of content. Like, there's just so much content, and just the thought of trying to keep up with it all. And my life's like my life schedule is very hard and very difficult uh, because I don't have a job anymore where I could just sit and watch movies. <laughs> I'm not a security anymore, but um, so. It's, it, it's harder for me, you know In fact, like, the bright side to the Writers Guild strike And, like, the, the Screen Actors Guild strike Might be I finally get to uh, catch up on, like, all the con. If no new content is coming out this year uh, Maybe I'll have a chance to uh, catch up to everything um, And, like, talking about that as well, you know, with the uh actors now going on strike projects that were being filmed like had already been written but were being filmed are now being put on hold because at first you could as long as it was the script was already written you couldn't make changes to the script you could still film everything because you had the actors now that the actors are gone are like the screen actor guild uh, uh, union unionized actors are gone now you can't film the movies that haven't been filmed already. So what happens now? You know, like those movies are getting put on hold. I believe Deadpool's getting pushed back, uh, till 25 now, 2025, depending on how things go. So this could be, this could be interesting. Like I said, uh, my, like talking about earlier, I'm, I'm very intrigued how this all pans out and how this affects And Maybe this is like, you know, Bob Iger says, oh, yeah, I in the market. What he really means is, oh, yeah, I'm not paying anybody. And so uh, it's not that I don't want to put out more Marvel and Star Wars. It's just, or, or, like, it's not that I can't. It's just I like, don't want to. You know, he's trying to feel like maybe he's trying to come from a position of power. Like, oh, no, nah, we didn't want to put out as many movies anyway. Try to act like he doesn't care that his girlfriend left him, his actors left him, and writers and all that. I don't know. I'm just... I'm 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 pulling at strings here, guys. <laughs> um, other crazy news that I read about since we're here and we're talking about it. So I finally saw the trailer for the new Charlie in the Chocolate Factory or Willy Wonka or I guess it's Willy Wonka is the new one. Yeah, because it's like a prequel and how Willy Wonka like gets rises to prominence with the Wonka bars and all that crazy shit and. Timothy Chalamet is going to be playing Willy Wonka, and I really loved the look of this movie. I did like. I thought we were all wonked out. Like I thought you have said everything that you need to say about Willy Wonka, and honestly, arguably, we have. But after watching this trailer, watching Timothy Chalamet's portrayal of Willy Wonka, and now I get it. It's just a trailer, so. It's going to, one, it's going to make me feel feelings, and two, it's going to be fine-tuned to be, like, the absolute best, right? But some trailers fail at that, even still. But this trailer has me excited, and maybe I'm far enough removed from the Johnny Depth Willy Wonkas, and, like, because, of course, like, we're way past the originals, but, like, there were still the Johnny Depth ones that explored the character of Willy Wonka a little bit deeper but this one seems to focus entirely on Willy Wonka like because you know the other one still had Charlie like and still had the factory and this is like I don't know man like maybe I'm just too open-minded to things but I'm actually really intrigued on this but what was even funnier about this is like in an interview the director for the new willy wonka movie has said well first he said that no one had to audition for their roles uh for for uh this movie but he said especially timothy chalamet he had already seen what timothy chalamet could do and he wasn't talking about like dune or his saturday night live sketches or like any other i don't know what timothy chalamet really does other than dune i'm sure he's a fine actor. <laughs> he was pretty damn good in Dune, but uh, this, the director said he saw videos, rap videos of him in high school, Timothy Chalamet, which was probably only like a few years ago. I don't know how old he really is, but he looks like he's 12. And that's what like convinced him like, oh yeah, he can do this, <laughs> which is the funniest thing in the world because I figured his rap videos were much like the SNL skit. Uh, with him and Pete Davidson just doing the yeet skirt like that's what I figured but maybe I, I don't know I, I would might have to I don't know if these are online somewhere if we can go find them but I'm very interested I just thought it was really funny that that's what he said He was like oh no no he had the job I saw his videos in high school he's gonna be great and I think about my videos in high school are even like really I didn't do too many in high school. I, I know I had some video and they weren't like me rapping or anything. So don't go scouring the internet for bri-fi raps because you're not going to find that. But like me and my friends, we'd go to Walmart and sometimes we'd film us acting like super stupid. Actually, those might be on YouTube now that I think about it. <laughs> um, and then like in college, it would just be us sitting around talking about stupid ass shit at like the like the uh, student center snack bar tables and stuff but like i think if a director saw any of that they would be like this guy does not need to be in front of a camera he definitely doesn't need to be in front of a microphone but no one can stop him from being in front of a microphone so ha, (laughs) he got screwed and then then the last bit of nifty nerd news that we'll talk about actually there's two things one thing was really important that i wanted to talk about but um We'll talk about this other thing first. So, Haley Atwell, who plays Captain Carter and um, Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, she talked about her role in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, where she got to come back, but as, like, Captain Britain, or, like, if she got the super soldier serum instead of Steve Rogers, and... I kind of agree with her statement that she felt like the character was underserved through this role because not that it was unearned or anything, but it's just, and then like her death, spoiler alert, her death in the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, I feel like does her dirty. Like I get it. It was for like, Hey, look what we can do. And like, this is obviously a different thing for the character, but I, I just, I didn't feel like that was, Peggy Carter, you know? Like, I didn't feel like that was a very Captain Carter persona that she played as being part of the Illuminati. But then again, the Illuminati is supposed to be like these badass motherfuckers who make the tough choices, as in destroying other multiverses so that theirs can survive. So, like, I get the point of her character for the movie, but I also get Haley Atwell saying, like, that didn't feel like Peggy Carter, like, that didn't feel like her, her character in that role, and, th- and like, now that I'm thinking about it, arguably, it's not her character in that role, it is a bastardized version of what would have happened if she got the, su- su- the, blah, the, the super soldier serum, so I don't know, but it is what it is, I, I do kind of agree, like, I kind of wish, I kind of wish all these characters got a different uh, outcome and maybe got explored a little deeper because that would have been really cool. The only one that we like really know about is like professor X, you know, having, a um, Patrick Stewart come back to play his character. Like that felt so natural and so right. And he felt like his character, you know, like, although yes, he's had to make these tough choices. Like he still felt like he had some type of heart about him and like cared about, uh, wanda in a way and, and tried to like help her before he was uh ultimately unalived <laughs> and then the last bit of news that we'll talk about the barbie movie is getting banned uh in quite a few asian countries uh, most recently the philippines due to a map that appears in the background of its uh trailer and when i saw the map it looks like a child's drawing, and that's what the studio says. It's just a child's rendition of the world and how like, a world map would look to a child. However, where their issue lies is on the right side of the map, jutting out of a country that looks very much like Asia. There's this dotted line, which to me means absolutely nothing until you hear about, I think it was called the 9-Dash Line or the 7-Dash Line. It's some type of named line that China has drawn to lay claim to the seas in their area. Like, I guess, really, they're supposed to be international waters, but China has laid claim and said that these are our waters and not yours, so boo-hoo, choo, and, like, get fucked, basically. And so, funny enough, when you look at the line, like, that China believes is there property and you look at this childish drawings line they look eerily similar they don't look exactly the same but they look very very like I like like I said because I knew nothing about this I didn't think anything about this but now that I've seen the actual dotted line and seen the actual like controversy of it I kind of see their point (laughs) which is really strange and really weird and never thought that if someone did this, it like it almost seems like maybe someone did try to sneak that in there which this might be the first movie that chinese like the chinese love <laughs> normally they hate everything america does but this might be the first movie like barbie excels in china but uh i don't know man it's it, that is strange to me but very intriguing and, like, a a weird thought, but, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's tough because, like, I can see the argument. Like, you're trying to figure out what the fuck do we do over here for this child's map because, like, they wrote – they put, like, stars and other squiggles all over the world and they could have done anything in the Pacific Ocean coming off of the quote-unquote Asian continent. I mean, it's clearly Asia, but, like – it, it it looks stupid. Like, I mean, it looks hand-drawn by a child. That That is true. And they could have done anything. Could have put a picture of a boat. They could have put stars. They could have put swirly lines. But they put a dotted line, which maybe they truly didn't know. Maybe they truly didn't know. But I, I thought that's why you have editors and producers and people who are supposed to look into this stuff to find these type of things that are like oh shit, maybe we shouldn't put this like image or whatever into our movie because then it would upset people. I don't know, There's, but is there someone there that handles that kind of shit? Like the, oh no, this might be causing international controversy because of things that the average man probably doesn't know about. But then here's the other thing. Now we're talking about it. Now we know about it. So, maybe I educated you a little bit. Actually, let me see if I can... Where is the email for that? Barbie movie. Barbie movie. We're looking it up now. Because I'm going to look up the actual name to uh, this thing. So, the territorial claims to the South China Sea. And... I'm trying to look for what they actually call this line. I, I don't see it, actually. So, like, Vietnam's banned this. Like, it's pretty interesting. It, it's pretty crazy. The upcoming Barbie movie has not been even hit theaters yet. The Yushi Contour. The Nine-Dash Line. That's what they got. What are they called? The Seven-Dash Line? The Nine-Dash Line. Um, interesting. Anyway... That's it for the, or well, that's it for the Nifty Nerd News. After this, we're gonna talk about the uh, video game I've been playing, and then we'll let you uh, get on with your life. All right, guys, and we're back with the BriFi Podcast, and we're gonna talk about a video game that I've been interested in here recently. Uh, that just came out on the switch and also actually while i'm thinking about it i want to talk about a new game that i saw on steam i just i don't even know so i'm not typically a pc gamer i don't typically play pc games and i don't even like i don't remember what even brought me to steam maybe no i don't is it the summer sale going on i don't know But like I have it because there's some, I have some things that I've downloaded from Steam. One of my favorite things is Wallpaper Engine and that's what I use for like my animated wallpapers on my PC background, which I love by the way. And so I, you know, every now and then I log on it and I came across a game that it was like for my recommended and apparently it's also like a new and noteworthy game that's been getting a ton of traction and it's called battle bit remastered i guess this is a remastered of an old game called battle bit and the game is literally if you took minecraft and battlefield and squished them together it's like a fast-paced military sim style game like i mean like battlefield you know you got like it has like a conquest mode and you have classes and different weapons you can drive vehicles and it's massive mats i think massive mats maps and i think it's like 200 plus players per server or whatever so it's it's impressive man and while i have been replaying battlefield and enjoying that i can't help but be so intrigued by battle bit remastered that I'm going to pay, I think it's like 15 bucks. In fact, tonight when I get home, I am going to buy this game because I just, I can't not know how it's gonna play on my PC. And if it doesn't play good, well I have it until I, you know, I can upgrade my PC. But like with the lower level demand on the graphics, like it has lower demand on the graphics it looks like, but it runs super smooth and looks amazing. Like I said, it's like if someone just took freaking Minecraft and then gave them guns and like but in the style of a Battlefield or a Call of Duty and just it it looks fucking awesome so i'm like super stoked i've been watching people on youtube play it one of my favorite youtube channels called Neebs gaming was playing it the other day on their live stream and that got me super excited watching them play that so now i just have to have it like i just i can't anymore so hopefully it's still on its discount i think it was like a 20 or 30 percent off discount which made it like 15 bucks so i'm i'm super stoked to get it right now um but The other game that it came across one of my consoles, and it was a free to play for a limited time, but if you buy the game, it's still like a a pretty, I think it's like 50% off. It's only like 25 bucks right now. And it's for the Nintendo Switch, and it's something that they don't really have right now. Well, I say they don't, they have versions of this, but it's MLB The Show. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, MLB The Show is a baseball game and it's like the de facto baseball game for video games, man. Like MLB The Show is the Madden of the baseball universe. Like how what Madden is to football, MLB The Show is to baseball. Or like 2K sports is to basketball. Like that's how, the level of quality that you get with this game. Now the Nintendo Switch, does have baseball games on it but they're not licensed by the MLB and I think the best game that they have is honestly I think it's called Mega Baseball or I think that was what it was called it's a very arcadey version of baseball but still simulated enough like of real world baseball that it's exciting it's a fun game and really that because it's like fairly close to being like actual like simulated baseball but still has some arcadey aspects to it makes it really easy to pick up and it's quick to play through which i really enjoy about that game and that's why i've always liked playing it on the nintendo switch but as frustrated as i get with baseball games i and especially mlb the show i really fucking love playing this game and having the chance to play it on my Nintendo Switch was a very interesting experience, one that I never thought I would get the chance to do, but I'm hoping now that we've seen this type of movement from a game like like the show onto the Switch, it might bring other companies that like A-list games that typically don't look at Nintendo might start looking at Nintendo and like because it is madden even on the switch i don't think madden's on the switch i don't even i think 2k like the basketball games on the switch but i'm not 100 on that but playing it felt really good it felt natural now i will asterisk this by saying i used a uh like my pro my nintendo switch pro controller and i didn't use the joy cons so i haven't played with it in handheld mode and actually the free trial i believe is over now i'll have to check just to be sure but playing it with the pro controller felt just like playing it with the xbox the only difference is you can see there is a difference graphically it's not quite as smooth as like the xbox or the playstation but even with the bit of not as smooth i'm not it's like not glitchy that's not what i'm saying it's just it doesn't look quite as polished as it does on the the xbox and playstation but it still plays great it plays like mlb the show and it was super easy to pick up and get back into it man i was even doing like the like the veteran style pitching and stuff where you use like the joysticks and you got to move them for the pitches and stuff and the the advanced batting techniques i was using all that and it it I mean, obviously, it translates well. The controller is exactly like all the other controllers, and so I had a blast playing with it, man. I picked up my favorite team, and just went at it. It felt natural. It didn't feel weird going to the Switch. Uh, it just it felt like I was playing MLB the Show, which I really loved and enjoyed about it. So, honestly, I I like I said before, I think this is a great thing. Uh, having games like MLB the Show on the Nintendo Switch and showing, hey, it runs, it looks decent, you know? It's like, I would argue it's at par, maybe a little bit above what the 360 looked like if they had the show, like this version of MLB The Show on the Nintendo 360, I think it looks great. Uh, I would argue, why am I not seeing more A-list titles on the Nintendo Switch now because of this? I don't know what other people think about it, and I only got, like, a few days hands-on with it, but that was my experience with it. I found it very enjoyable. I thought it ran great. I didn't feel like it was glitching in any way. I didn't feel hindered by anything that was happening other than my own ability to play sports games is subpar at best, but I I had an absolute blast playing MLB The Show, and I think anyone that picks it up who – has played MLB the show and was looking for a different, like just an alternative way to play it, I guess. I don't know. Um, this is it. Like well, I, the thing that the Switch does the best and which makes it so great is that it's portable. I can pick it up and I can go play. I can have it docked. I can play like with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. And I've been doing this all the time. I'll go into my office. I have it docked. I got the pro controller. I'm playing for a bit. My wife was like, hey, I miss you. Come in the living room. And she's like, not like don't just like just come into the living room i don't care what you're doing in the living room just come to the living room and i pick it up out of the dock switch to joy con mode and i'm still playing legends of Zelda: tears of the kingdom and i'm still having a great time if we need to pause it so i can either go hang out with rj or go to the store or whatever i can pause it if i want to take it with me i can take it with me if we're going to houston i'll take it with me if i'm sitting waiting for my wife to do something whip out that that bad boy and start playing tears of the kingdom in front of fucking. Forever 21 or whatever, you know, like that's the best thing about the Nintendo Switch. And now if I can start playing games like MLB The Show with it, if we're talking Madden Football, if we're talking Call of Duty, well, I guess Call of Duty multiplayer might be a little bit different, but like, you know, like career mode stuff, like Borderlands, I've been playing Borderlands on the Switch, so being able to just like, hey, just universally pause the game here Go, so I can run and do some shit and then come back right to where I left off without having to really, without literally having to lose a second. You know, like on some games you have to like save and maybe it takes you back to a save point or something like that. But with the Nintendo Switch, I just hit the home screen and it automatically saves exactly where I left off. That's the best feature about the Nintendo Switch, even if the games are not quite up to par with an Xbox One, like a Series X or a PS5. But then playing MLB The Show, it's pretty damn close, man. Like it's not, It's I mean, it's clearly not there. Like you can, you know the difference, right? But it's pretty damn close. Enough where I'm still getting the experience, if not getting the full immersiveness of it all. So I gotta say, man, MLB The Show on Nintendo Switch looks great. And I will say I have the OLED model, not just the basic Nintendo Switch. And so that's what I'm basing it off of is the OLED stuff. And I don't know if it's at a higher, like if it's a better processing machine than the original or the not OLED models. But I thought it looked great. I had a lot of fun with it and I thought it was easy to play, man. So that's my rating, that's my review. And I I don't know 100%, but check it out, man. If If it's not in the free trial anymore, it's definitely not that expensive to buy. I think it's like, I, I, for sure, it's under 30 bucks. It's probably like 25 or something like that, if I, I remember correctly. But check it out. I loved it. I'm a big baseball fan, so that's why I really liked it. But that's what I've been doing this past week. It's Playing that, playing more Trackmania, playing some Battlefield 2042, and soon I will probably be playing some BattleBit Remastered. So I'm excited for all that. We will see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please follow me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and now Thread. Everything is at... Bryfy podcast that's b-r-y-f-y podcast hey hit me up let me know if there's something that you're really interested in or you want me to check out and take a look at any comic books movies games anything like that i love looking at things i love getting new content i love reviewing that content and just talking about it man getting the nerd out and geek out about things that i like and things that you like is what i live for man this is like my favorite thing to do that's like i love at my job because a lot of the guys that I work with, we all like a lot of the same things, or we geek out about the same things, so it's entertaining, and it's fun, and so having that exp- shared experience with you guys is what I live for, man, and if you don't want to, if you don't have social media, you don't like that sort of thing, maybe you just want to email, you can email me uh, at podcasts at hotmail.com, yeah, I still have a Hotmail account, because that's how old I am, not Gmail, Hotmail, Anyway, that's it for the show this week. We will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye out.